What's up, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of the Subject to Improvement podcast of 2024. I am so happy you are here. My name is Susanna Margeson. I am a crisis management and life coach, and there's a chance you might hear my dog barking in the background, and I'm really sorry about that. Honestly, every time I hit record, she seems to have some kind of sixth sense and start barking. So I, she's quiet now. Fingers crossed it continues. But if it doesn't, she's just saying hi. Anyway, today I want to answer a question that I get asked a lot. And honestly, it's a question I'm totally comfortable answering one-on-one with people, but I've always felt a tiny bit uncomfortable sharing this sort of thing on my podcast. So I am taking a leap of faith right now and doing it here with you guys. The question is, as the title of this podcast will lead you to believe, why I quit being a trial lawyer to become a crisis management and life coach. So the fur, the answer to the question, honestly, is e- I would say equally boring and um, freeing because it wasn't like some big epiphany that hit me. I basically just didn't enjoy being a, a trial lawyer as much as I thought I was going to enjoy it. And I think I was sort of always operating a little bit with like blinders on, you know, like those like sight blinders on in that it didn't occur to me that I could make a decision to do something else. I sort of thought that in the event that I did end up pivoting and doing something else, the opportunity would have to present itself to me and it would sort of lay itself out there neatly and I could go, oh yes, I'll do that now, please. But that isn't actually what happened at all. What happened was I started to clock that I was not as happy as I could be at work. And this came up for me in a few ways. One of them was that I noticed that I was always kind of trying to dress up what I did every single day. I also noticed, and this was huge, I noticed there were people in my line of work who loved it. And you could tell because you could pick up on their energy. They knew what they were talking about. They were super jazzed up about the latest and greatest thing in the case law. And I wasn't there. I wasn't matching it. But the real kicker, I think this was all sort of simmering and I kind of thought, okay, like I'll deal with this later. And and I was constantly saying, I'll deal with it later. I'll wait for the opportunity to present itself. But the real kicker came for me in the middle of, you guessed it, the pandemic, actually the beginning of the pandemic. And I was sitting at my kitchen table thinking to myself, you know, there's people in Italy at this point, this was very early on in the pandemic. We didn't know a whole lot about COVID. And there were people in Italy in particular who were getting very, very sick. And the people who were getting sick were the people who were doing what my now husband does every day, the anesthesiologists and people who were respiratory therapists, people who were doing what they call aerosol generating medical procedures, which is essentially like intubating somebody and causing whatever bacteria, viruses in the airway to become uh, to become aerosolized and very, very contagious. So those people were getting very sick very quickly. And suddenly it became real to me. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my husband, well, he was my boyfriend at the time. My boyfriend could get sick tomorrow and be very, very, you know, poorly. I could get sick tomorrow. And the question that sort of I wouldn't say like, I think people think in words or pictures and I definitely think in words. And the question that came to mind was if I was struck down tomorrow, would I be happy with how I spent my time today? And the answer, as I was practicing law, as I was worrying about things, which sort of felt like small beans compared to what was going on in the world, the answer was a resounding no. 
And that was it. Like it was like totally anticlimactic, right? Like it wasn't like this big dramatic thing where you suddenly have this like dun 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 moment and then you move into taking action. I just sat with it actually for several months. And I began to ask myself questions like, okay, if money were no object, what would I do for a living? And I began to fantasize a little bit about creating my ideal day. And the next thing I know, you know, six months have passed. I've been kind of sitting on this for a while. I kind of came to the conclusion that likely a shift was going to need to happen, but I didn't really take any further action on it until six months later when I was out walking the dog with my husband. And I said, you know, I've always wanted to do law differently. And I was always really inspired. Like, this is so cheesy, but I was super inspired by the show Scandal, right? Where they're lawyers, but they don't necessarily practice law. And they solve problems in slightly more creative ways. You know, they they help people manage their reputations. I definitely have not and do not want to be somebody who's like cleaning up crime scenes. That's not my jam. But I liked the concept of helping the full person. And when I reflected back on what I liked about law is I really, really liked the strategy behind the litigation. So how are we going to get ourselves out of this mess? And I also liked the human component of, all right, like the fact you're in a lawsuit does not make you a bad person. This horrible thing happened. And yes, there's a hangover, but you're okay kind of thing. I really liked those conversations. The other thing I realized about the law when I started kind of reflecting on it more fully was that a lot of people think that litigation, going to trial, going to court is going to solve all their problems. And I'm going to say there are times when it is necessary. There are times when you do actually have to start a claim. Usually when insurance is involved, you have to start a claim to kind of get things moving. There are also times when you do necessarily have to write to the court, like for divorce and stuff, you need a court order to get a divorce. But most of the time, and even with divorces, people are not happy when they're done at court. It is not a tea party. It usually doesn't give them the result they want because, and I'm going to tell you what happens, at least in Canada, is you go through the litigation process, which is lengthy. You often wait years, at least one, if not more, to go to trial, one if you're lucky, Then what happens is you're sometimes you win a trial, sometimes you don't. If you don't win, you're on the hook for the other side's legal fees. Uh, But if you do win, then you have to collect on the judgment. And that often means going to court again or going, you know, going through more litigation in order to, I shouldn't say going to court again, but it's certainly going through more litigation to collect on that judgment. So it is not a quick fix. It is a long fix. The other thing that we know is that when people are going through litigation, it's very hard on them psychologically. There was a study out there once which said that people who were injured and go through personal injury litigation tend not to get better while the litigation's going on because it's so stressful. And it's sort of a necessary evil because if you're hurt, then litigation and someone's not going to compensate for it, then litigation, I think, is the right thing to do in those scenarios. But we know that litigation is not great for you. So if you don't have to do it, it's better to avoid it. The other thing about litigation is that it is one very narrow way to potentially solve an interpersonal conflict. Like litigation is one thing. It's It gives you a very narrow set of results. Often the results that you get are not ideal. Uh, and usually when we're dealing with interpersonal conflicts, the stuff you're going to litigate, you know, like you owe me some money is really 
a drop in the bucket compared to the greater concerns, which are things like, I want to be able to live my life every day without this breathing down my neck. I want my reputation to be intact. I want to move on from my life. So I began to realize that as a trial lawyer, I had a very narrow uh, set of skills that I could use to help people when actually I probably could, could help people with a lot wider of a scope and using more of what I bring to the table. So my husband then asked a very good question, which was, all right, what do you think is the next step for you to be able to do law differently? As you say, what do you think you need to do? And I blurted out, I have no idea why, but I blurted out, I said, I think I need to get a coaching certification. Honestly, at the time, like I know the coaching industry is the wild west. And I thought, you know what, at the t- I could just use it, get the diploma, and that'll be like one more thing to bring people in the door to have me help them. What I didn't anticipate was how much I was going to love coaching. I didn't anticipate the role I was going to get to play as being through being a coach. And I just didn't anticipate the world that it opened up for me in terms of ways that I could serve people. So I am now one, two, three, I've got one, two, three, one, two, three, four coaching certifications, I think. Um, I got three alone from my first coaching certification that I took. Then I got another one from the International Coaching Federation. So three. Then I got one more. So I kind of looped the first three together. Then I got one more recently when I did this hypnosis coaching course, which was so cool. And I love it. And I also love all things conflict resolution. Now, the crisis management and life stuff really came into play a little bit later because I found myself searching for what I wanted. Like I found myself trying to find my niche and I wasn't really sure. I didn't really know how to dress it up. There's also a big stigma, by the way, um, at least in Canada, with calling yourself a life coach. Like I really struggled with that. So I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not just one of those people that went to a weekend certification and is now calling myself a coach. Like these certifications took you know, a year and months and tests and all kinds of things. Like one of them took a year. Another one was like really intense for a few months and you have to take tests. Like I wasn't fucking around. So I was really hesitant to call myself a life coach. Then I started helping clients and I started reflecting back on times in my life when I needed a me. And often these times had a few things in common. Number one, I was feeling very ashamed of myself. Number two, There was a reputational kind of manage the narrative component to these scenarios where I felt like people were not being kind about me and I maybe felt like I might have deserved it. Like there's just all this like crap that goes on with shame and that type of thing. But I felt really crappy about myself and I hated that people were talking shit about me. I felt like I was right back in elementary school dealing with mean girls all over again. It was awful. And what I needed at that point wasn't necessarily to run off to court. What I needed was someone to actually help me take a step back, take all of the advice I was getting from the various professionals that were involved. Because often when there's a big life change or a big life situation, there's a few different, if you want to call them vendors, you know, if we're like planning a wedding, you've got vendors, there's a few different vendors involved. And what I needed was somebody who could take a step back take all of that information and help me put it together in a way that was going to work for me. I needed somebody to help me understand that the suffering that I was feeling uh, could end and could end a lot sooner than it might if I just let things play out. I needed somebody to help me understand that actually I had a lot more control than I thought I did in those scenarios. I needed somebody to help me be strategic about managing my relationships with people and managing my personal brand. And then I needed somebody who could also help me 
vision out what was possible. Because one of the things that happens, especially when we're in a scenario where we feel like we've just been kicked where it hurts by life. So if you're in a scenario where, um, you know, maybe you've lost your job and so you're feeling embarrassed, or maybe you've lost an important relationship, or maybe you've like figured out there's all kinds of negative crap going on about you or whatever it is, like maybe you've lost somebody really important to you and you're like, "Ah, where do I pick up? Like, where do I go from here? Whatever the scenario is, we often become very, very narrow visioned in those scenarios. Like we end up seeing often only the crappy things and we don't see what's possible for us. So having somebody who can acknowledge where you're at in that situation, who can help you manage it in a way that's smart and strategic and in a way that can help you protect your interests, because that's very important, is vital. And then also having somebody who's there with you who can say, listen, you are not in this alone. Because often, no matter how many vendors or professionals you have in that scenario, you still feel very alone because a lot of them will say, you know, I'm not your therapist. And your therapist will say, well, I can't give you advice on this. And coaching isn't advice. It's a bit different. Like people do land where they need to land, but I help empower them to come up with the right choice for them, given the information they have. But a lot of times people will be very siloed. Professionals will be very siloed in those situations. And so having a coach who's there with you, who's like, look, you're not alone. All of these feelings that you're having are valid. And also we can manage them and we can manage this situation. And also to help you see your own blind spots, see where you're getting in your own way. Like for example, um, there have been times with some of my clients where they want to take a really aggressive approach against this one person. Like this one person has hurt them and they are out for them. Like they just want to, you know, go balls to the wall and fight this person, figuratively speaking. And having somebody say, ooh, yeah, given all the facts here, I'm going to tell you the ways that could play. And I'm going to make an educated guess. It's not going to play well. It's going to play in the shittiest possible way for you. Having somebody who can say that to you in a way that doesn't make you go, fuck you to the person in a way that makes you go, okay, yeah, you might be right, is priceless. Absolutely priceless. So what I've basically done is invented my dream job. I am there for people when they need it most. I'm almost like, um, I think about it akin almost to being a doctor, which is what I wanted to do when I was a kid, which is, you know, I'm there for you to help you prevent shit from going wrong. I'm also there for you when things do go wrong and I will help you untangle the mess and clean it up. And so it is probably the most rewarding job I have ever had. Uh, I love it. It's surprising. I get so much of a buzz off of seeing my clients be successful, seeing them accomplish things, It's a huge dopamine hit when they say that they wouldn't have been able to do it without me. I always tell them that, you know, I don't want them to be codependent on me. So I'm always like, no, 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 you did the work, you did the work. But it is so unbelievably rewarding, so unbelievably rewarding. And honestly, I think that I'm putting my legal skills to better work doing this type of stuff, taking the way of thinking as a lawyer and applying it to real life problems and helping people actually get a solution that isn't going to take years, that isn't going to bankrupt them, that isn't going to be so emotionally taxing that it distracts them from building their dream life. That is just incredible. And also helping them fix their reputations and helping protect their interests is something else that's just icing on the cake. So that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Like I said, kind of mundane, but kind of freeing at the same time. And what I'll leave you with is this, is that if you're sitting in a job right now and you're like, I don't like this, 
and you're just waiting for something to happen. Sometimes even just taking a tiny step, like enrolling in a coaching course, which I thought, you know what, this is going to be fun. I'm going to like it. I've always loved self-help. I didn't know what was going to come of the coaching course. And even just taking that step was the step that started me on a totally different journey. And now I wake up every morning and I am super, super psyched to chat with my clients. And the other thing I'm going to say is that if you are in a crisis and sometimes a crisis is just like, I feel like complete shit. Like I feel like shit. I feel like if I let this sit for too long, it's going to get worse and I'm not going to be able to repair it. Sometimes that's the crisis, which is just, this is either going to get really, really bad if I do nothing, or maybe it won't. But if it gets really bad, that's going to be terrible. And even if it doesn't, I am worrying about this so much that it's actually interfering with my life. That counts. So call me. I might be able to help you. And what I always say is, when in doubt, err on the side of sending the bat signal. The bat signal, of course, is scheduling a time to chat with me. So guys, I am here for you in this new year. I am pulling for you in this new year. I know 2023 was dumpster fire adjacent for a lot of people. Obviously, I hope 2024 is going to be different, better. I also know, and this is the one thing I'm going to leave you with, and this is my belief about crisis and when shit hits the fan in life, is that it is possible to capitalize on almost every single bad thing that happens. Like I looked at the crisis that I sort of use as my lens of this is how I, like this is like the story. This is how I went from feeling absolutely shitty to living a life that I could have dreamed of and that I did only dream of. And I did it in a very short space of time. The one thing I will say is that I look back on that crisis now that that was a relationship breakdown, which really just kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, oh, I need to do something. That relationship breakdown was by far and crisis that followed was by far the best thing that could have happened to me because I look back on it now and I'm like, look what I have fucking done. Look how far I've come. And that is possible for you too. And that is the hope that I am giving my clients when they talk to me because that's the track record. That's what we have so far. All of my clients, that's what we have. So do feel free to reach out. Happy, happy new year. I am sending you all the best. And also, by the way, you can email me if you're like, hey, Susanna, what would you do in this scenario? You can drop me an email. I will drop both the link to book a meet and greet call and a link to email me your questions that I will answer on the podcast in the show notes. Talk to you soon.